This is Brunch with the Hollowells, and here's a quote from Rob. You know, no one ever talks about it, but it's almost impossible to get brains out of a cape. (laughs) That's it? That's my whole quote? That's your whole quote. No one ever talks about it, but it's almost impossible to get brains out of a cape. Um, I don't know, Rob. It's from the animated Harley Quinn series on DC. This is Queen of Fables. This is voiced by Wanda Sykes. And I don't think that I've ever seen another interpretation of her. And this queen, who is also a sorceress, is one of the baddest bitches out there. I mean, she cares for nothing. And, like, you know her from the series. Like, she did everything possible. This was the chick that made villains and heroes team up because it was that serious. I liked her better as a book. (laughs) Well, I don't think people really liked her from this series to begin with. Um, Nothing to do with Wanda Sykes. She was brilliantly voice cast but yeah i hear that many people didn't really like her character really in this series yeah well i read on a small article that you know all of these characters were ranked and basically she was sort of the lowest given that nobody really liked her i guess i don't know Hmm. but that's kind of the impression that I got from, I guess, some fans or whatever. But what do you think of Queen of Fables? Would you say that she's a black character who was turned into something? <laughs> Lord, I completely forgot about that. Yes, she starts out the, her her character in this series as a book who works at, what, a tax firm or something? Yeah. She's an audit, auditor. <laughs> and because she was cursed to turn into a book. Yeah, this is bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. But yeah, like I liked her as a character. Like I thought she was dangerous in like a fun way. I always like it when fairy tales are twisted in. Um, mm-hmm. But she wasn't my favorite, so I can see why she was lower on the list. Yeah. So this woman just believes in everything fairy tale and uses those characters and fairy tale like you know items, elements, things that we remember from those stories against everyone in sort of an evil, bad way. And she just wants to conquer it all. And I think she just wanted to bring all of that stuff out of the book and into the real world. Like she wanted the world to be like a big fairy tale. Is that what happened? Yeah, basically. Okay. All right. Well, that is my quote for this week. Welcome everyone to another episode. We are doing episode 18 of season five, Cat House. But before we get into that, we have a winner to declare. We have a charming spotlight here who has listened to our debate and has made a decision as to who would be better at lip syncing for their life. (laughs) All right, so this uh, charming is Amanda, and she says, thank you again for letting me be a judge for Witch Witch based off your arguments. Queen Nerissa for the win. Woo! As as Sean stated, she's already up to music. See, I already knew you were going to go with that musical angle, and she already won. Bullshit. Um, She's around music and dance, so she has the stage presence already. 
Plus, she got the gorgeous dress, so there is no question that she would kill it at a lip sync for your life battle. If the lip sync battle was to old time show tunes, Penny could possibly win. But remember, she did fall down the stairs, so she may be not able to move as extravagantly. Don't haunt me, Penny. She doesn't have to. I will haunt you for that. That's messed up. Oh my god. Okay. So then we asked her the charming question. So um, your favorite charmed one. Piper has always been my favorite and one that I relate to. I've also become a mother recently. Aw, congratulations. So the struggles she's going through I absolutely understand. Especially the doubting of one's maternal abilities. I also relate to her instincts to take care of those she loves as I do the same and put their needs before mine. And I love her long hair <laughs> and uh, that she runs uh, her own business, which is my goal. Uh, let's see her favorite episode. There are too many options to choose from. And personally, season seven is my favorite. However, my uh, favorite episode comes down actually to two. And that is the eyes have it, which y'all recently recapped and whoa cat house where we learn the importance of kit how convenient i swear this was not planned i'm reading this for the first time i'm learning everything as you all are that's actually pretty cool how charmed has affected or changed your life it has made me obsessed with victorian homes i want their house and i know majority of it as it is set uh, but uh i love it that and the house from practical magic my dream it has also brought out my desire to learn the craft a friend of mine who practices has advised that what is done in the show is fairly close to the actual wiccan and witchcraft rituals interesting so more or less has also become research last question how did you discover our podcast brunch with the hollowells I follow the hashtag charmed on Instagram and your posts would occasionally show up on my feed. Oh, thank God I'm doing something right on Instagram. <laughs> One day during the shutdown back in March, I decided to give the first episode a listen and loved it from the start. I've been binge listening on my way to and from work and have finally caught up uh, a few episodes back. I would listen all through the week and then watch the episodes that were recapped on the weekends and keep an eye out for things y'all would point out and that I may have missed. Funny thing, I, I had just finished a revenge of the show shortly before listening to your podcast, so it has been charmed all of 2020 for me. That's awesome. Uh, thank you again for letting me participate in your podcast. I can't wait to hear what Sean thinks as the show progresses and the girls face more and more challenges, both magical and personal. Thank you so much, Amanda. And I'm sure Sean thanks you so much for choosing him as the winner. Sean does, because everybody chooses Rob. Rob, Rob, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for our news. Now let's get to our episode. Original air date for Cat House was April 13th, 2003. This was written by Brad Kern and directed by James L. Conway. Our Quinto Central ah. 
guest that I mentioned is Zachary Quinto as the familiar hunter, who, by the way, Sean, went uncredited (gasps) this episode. I know. So shocked by that. Uh, John Rubenstein as Dr. Barrison and Marita Gregory, Gregory, excuse me, as Katrina. Funny enough, Rob, I was listening to this past Sunday's episode today, and I heard you say quintessential, and I just started laughing, and I was like, I get it, I get it, because I've watched the episode now, and then Chris just went, isn't his name pronounced Zachary Quinto? (laughs) Is it Quinto? Please tell me I was, like, right? I don't know. I don't know, Rob. I've, I've never heard Quinto in my life, so... Somebody out there tell me I was right. I heard, I've i always heard Quinto. Okay. I prefer Quinto. I like that better, but, too. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, Jesus. Okay. All right. A woman, Katrina, is feeding her cats when a warlock blinks in. She senses him and attacks in self-defense. Blinking behind her, she turns around and he cuts a necklace off her neck. But she kicks him down and signals the cat to attack him. Cats, cats plural, to attack him. Katrina escapes, (laughs) but the warlock fights off the cats and he picks up her necklace. It bears a triquetra. I haven't said that word in a while. I know, you got it right this time. Oh, like I get it wrong usually? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you do. You were like, is that how you say it? I was like, yeah, yeah, triquetra. Excuse me, I'm trying to read. Um, Paige (laughs) and Phoebe are talking about Piper's past relationships. Leo and Piper are arguing. Leo is walking away, and Piper accidentally blows up her bedroom door in anger. Cue the credits. More like the wall. Yeah, that was she the whole She blew up the entire wall. wall. That was not a bedroom <laughs> door. Again, some of the some of the physical abuse between that marriage man. I swear, Piper turned to a hitter. I I'm sorry. I I'd call it. Yeah, yeah, she's dangerous. Uh, This worries Paige and Phoebe. Phoebe and Paige try to help them work it out. But Leo insists that it's not their problem. Phoebe schedules Leo and Piper to see a a mortal marriage counselor with Paige explaining that their problems are marital, not supernatural. They both agree. I like how it says, like, Leo told them it's not their problem, but, like, she's blowing up pieces of their house at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I do like the fact that, you know, Phoebe says it's affecting her powers, therefore it is our business. But yes, normally this would not be a place for the sisters to butt in, even though they all live together. It's not their business. Did you happen? So you recognized our blinking demon, our familiar hunter. What did you think of his look? He's so emo looking, but he's still cute with the emo hair. I'd still be like, okay, Zachary, however you say your last name. Please enter. (laughs) I rarely recognize him without the facial hair. So it was also interesting to see him so clean shaven. But yeah, the long hair definitely threw me. Uh, But yeah, it was a treat to have him in this episode. Phoebe mentioned Piper's ghost boyfriend and how he was actually the best one that she was with, you know, outside of Leo. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Justice for Mark. Seriously, I love the fact that she brought him up. Leo looked amazing in that dinner jacket when they were coming home from their date. I thought he looked so good. Yeah, I know. And like 
I guess this is uh, looking ahead, but when they show him in the past, I was like, wow, that's really what he looked like. He looks so different now. <laughs> I know. I know. It's funny when you watch this consecutively over and over again, especially just in a row, you you don't really notice the differences as they, you know, progress in age and like looks and everything just change. And it's just so crazy to see him back in the day. Yeah. But Sean, what is your opinion about couples counseling? Um, I think it's a good thing. I know a few people who have gone and it's worked out well for them. Like not every couple I know who has gone has stayed together, but at least like it helped them gather their thoughts and know exactly what they want and like feel more sure of their decision to stay or leave their partner. Going to counseling for yourself versus as a couple, you know, sometimes you tend to think that the doctor will take somebody's side or they're supposed to take someone's side. But then it's like, you know, how come you can't talk these things out yourself and to have a mediator, like you said, would be beneficial. But um, yeah, I think that couples counseling can work for um, for some people. I love, though, how Leo was definitely a man in this scene when he was like, you didn't tell Daryl what our issues were. Did you, you know, like that's such a man thing to not like have your business out on the street like that. But he almost got super pissed if like they were talking to Daryl about him, you know, mm-hmm. I really like the scene, Rob, like Sean's eyes were so full of eye candy because not only is Phoebe wearing like the low cut top and I was <laughs> I'm going to admit this. I was staring at her boobs all the time. She has great boobs. I was staring at her boobs. And then not only do we get Phoebe's boobs, but then Leo stands up in pajama pants. And then suddenly we have this lovely bulge to look at. I love this scene. I missed that. I totally missed that. I didn't see that. I did see that he was in um, PJs, but yeah, I didn't keep my... Maybe I was looking at the boobs too much and I missed it. I don't know. (laughs) The warlock is looking through a drawer. When he finds a scry crystal and a map, he scries for Katrina and finally the scry crystal lands on a location. Paige goes to uh, Phoebe's work and tells her that she's been worried about Piper and Leo. Phoebe agrees, saying that she's been feeling the same way too, but she reassures Paige that they've been through a lot worse. Katrina calls Phoebe and says a warlock is after her. She is in the manor asking Phoebe for her to come home with her sisters and Leo because she's got a cut across her neck and she needs healing. Leo, however, is with the marriage counselor. The first instinct is to pretend that you aren't witches and that you don't have any power. So I understand why Phoebe was denying all of this, but I, that's not the first thing that I would be doing. I'd be like, who the fuck's in my house and what are you doing there? And who are you? Like, I'm surprised they did not raise hell that somebody was just in their house rummaging through her stuff. Yeah. In this time that it took for you to ask where the disinfected is, you could have easily said who you were. You noticed she was like, there's no time. You just have to come home. I'm like, nope, there's always time. All you got to do is say three words. I am blank. Like, (laughs) it's but TV does that all the time. There's no time to explain. And then they ask like all these gazillion questions afterwards. (laughs) Sean. Did you have any idea what was going on here with Katrina and like the whole attack at the house? You know, it's funny. And I forgot to bring this up. Katrina reminded me of Helen. 
<laughs> with in death becomes her with all those cats. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> she trained them cats to attack. Oh, that was brilliant. But yeah, I was like, this was this was pre Helen before she got through all that cream cheese. <laughs> No, but honestly, did you have any idea what was going on with Katrina and what her involvement was at this point? Do you happen to recall what you were thinking? I remember I pretty much guessed what the episode was about, but Mm -hmm. I think I was still under the impression that a kid was a guy cat and not a girl cat. So I didn't like cross that chasm in thinking that Katrina could, in fact, be Kit. Yeah, so this is not your fault at all. The Charmed Ones have referred Kit as a male and female cat throughout the series, so they never really establish the the sex of the cat, so not your fault at all. <laughs> but now we know it is a girl. <laughs> Leo and Piper meet with the Mirage Counselor. They are sitting at opposite ends of the couch. They take talk a little and when the marriage counselor asks for the, a history of their childhood piper freezes him <laughs> thinking that it will take months the warlock is attacking katrina at the manor at the manor but Paige and phoebe orb in Paige orbs katrina away while phoebe struggles and fights the warlock piper casts a memory spell let the truth be told let our lives unfold so we can relive our memories and stop being enemies and unfreezes the counselor. She tells him that they should just skip the childhood part with Leo agreeing. The marriage counselor asks where Leo and Piper first met. Phoebe gets the upper hand, but she, Paige, and the warlock suddenly find themselves outside the manor. The warlock blinks away. Paige and Phoebe suspect that the warlock blinked them outside the house. Meanwhile, Wyatt is locked in a closet because we have no idea where he is this whole episode. Ah, I didn't even think about that. The baby is so harmless right now. Oh my God, what happened with the baby? Yeah, they don't even mention like, oh, we left Wyatt with blank. No, there's just no Wyatt in this episode. Oh my God, I completely forgot about Wyatt. That's so funny. See why I don't have kids. (laughs) Oh man, okay. (laughs) Well, no offense to the whole childhood question, at the beginning but that would so annoy me like i don't have time for this i'm like piper i would have been like can we just skip all of that and talk about us but i love how um in order to fix the marital problem they have to do it within this one afternoon let alone the day reality check this is not how it works people you cannot fix issues in one day maybe you can fix the literal fight that you're having but that does not you know absolve you from all of your marital problems but i just thought it was funny how all of this needs to be done in one day you know yeah and i actually i went through something like this where when i first kind of got outed to my parents they freaked out and they asked me to go see their therapist and like that is how it started. She's like, let's talk about your child. She's a very manly woman. Let's talk about your childhood. And um, (laughs) she started like telling me that I was wrong in the way I was thinking. And in the memories I was bringing up, she's like, no, you're wrong. I'm like, but these are my memories that you're asking me to talk about. I told her like, I remember like when I was as young as nine, like thinking there's no problem with two guys being together. She's like, no, you don't have those feelings at nine. I'm like, well, this is my memory. That's crazy. 
Yeah. As Leo and Piper retell their past experiences in an effort to rekindle their love for each other, Phoebe and Paige find themselves watching those same experiences play out. They see a flashback of Phoebe checking out Leo. All right, so Sean, right away, you just were, you have no idea what's going on. The warlock blinks away. They assume it's him. All of a sudden, bam, you see a memory from first season. What's going on in your head? Yeah, you know what's funny is I kind of forgot about Piper's spell. Like, I didn't connect right away that Piper's spell caused them to go back in time. So I okay. thought it was something more with, like, the demon was the cause of them going back for some reason. Okay. All right. No, that's good to know. So then Paige is confused and Phoebe says that it's her from about five years ago. Paige is disgusted that Phoebe has hit on Leo before. And Leo mentions Piper has a temper. Sean, did you remember this flashback, by the way? I did. How can I forget one where we're looking at Leo's butt? Like, come on. Right, right. <laughs> Phoebe and Paige find themselves in the attic where Dontelian is stealing the Book of Shadows. They stay hidden and see past Phoebe and Piper torturing Dantelion. They also see them literally freeze Leo and shatter him to pieces. Paige and Phoebe try to orb out, but they are bounced back. So now that you see where this episode is going, based on the second flashback, do you remember how you felt and were you expecting it at this point? What you were expecting? Um, yeah, I think around this point when it kept flashing back to uh, Leo and Piper talking about the memories, I cued into, oh, this was because of her spell. And like, I remember thinking that every pretty much every show has like their flashback episode just to make sure we're all on the same page. And I thought this is a really smart way to incorporate, you know, these flashback scenes remind us of what. Piper and Leo went through and show us these powerful scenes while still just being a flashback episode, basically. Yeah, I was going to ask you this towards the end of the episode, but since you brought it up, we technically got a clip show, <laughs> which, like you said, it happens almost in every series. Uh, do, would you consider this a clip show or is this, again, just a clever way to incorporate flashbacks? Um, I would say this is like a cousin of a clip show because usually clip shows are more like less story, I guess, more just like, hey, remember that time you put a turkey on your head <laughs> or just, you know, whatever it is. But this one actually yeah. had like a story behind it. And I like the idea that they're showing us that love isn't always perfect. And sometimes you just have to remind yourself of why you're in it to get back to how it started. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, this is very sort of not I shouldn't say shadow. This is very similar to how Buffy handled their musical episode. They didn't just one day decide, oh, we're going to sing and then never think about it again. But then like in other series, you're like, do they know they're singing? What's going on? And so like Buffy, this flashback episode seemed to be embedded into the actual story, which I think is the best way to do it, is to have people be literally self-aware about what's going on around them. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you think about the effect, Sean, of mixing the past with the present? I thought they did a good job of it because 
you know, I could tell they were using the shots from the older episodes, but since they pretty much picked all ones that happened in the house, it was cool to see, you know, uh, Paige and, God, these P names, Paige and Phoebe <laughs> sneaking around the house. <laughs> it looked like they were really back there with the event that was happening. And that's the thing, too, is that I wish that they had known they were going to do this five years later and then actually explain certain things happening in the first season. Can you imagine? I was thinking that, too. That would be so incredible if they were able to do that. Piper and Leo continue to talk. Then the marriage counselor asks them to talk about their wedding. Paige and Phoebe are flashed to the scene of Leo and Piper's wedding. Prue briefly appears in the scene in footage reused from Just Harried, and after Kit, their cat, comes up to them, the warlock blinks in. He seems as surprised as Phoebe and Paige and quickly blinks away again. After stepping on Piper and Leo's wedding cake topper, Phoebe and Paige fear that the warlock has altered the past. All right. <laughs> so... Sean, I just want to point out that was actually Shannon Doherty on the back of the bike. She came in and she filmed separately, so she wasn't in the same studio with the other actresses. Wait, really? No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm totally joking. Yeah, they don't show her face. It's just her back. They just got another actress to do that. (laughs) But wouldn't that have been fucked up, though? (laughs) I, I wouldn't put it past her, though. Like, she seems the type to do that. Well, yeah, that's why I wanted to tell you that. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you definitely remember this scene, correct? Yeah. Do you know, like, did they not did they not have the rights to show her in their own show? Or, like, was it just because they didn't want to? I think they just didn't want to. Um, I, I don't exactly know how that works business-wise. But, I mean, showing clips of somebody who's no longer on the show, you kind of need their permission, I guess, to still be sort of embedded or in part of the show. You know, they can bring her up by name, but clearly she's not... They don't want to pay her, I guess, using her footage. Put it that way. Oh, I think true. that could be a way, a, a thing. So Piper feels a sharp pain in her heart, and the cake topper from the present day disappears. Paige and Phoebe soon realize that none of the flashbacks are the Warlocks doing, and that since all of the events are centered around Piper and Leo, they think that it may be Piper's doing. In the middle of potion making, they are flashed into a scene where Piper, for the first time, really admitted her love for Leo. They see Piper finally being able to heal Leo, realizing that the trigger to heal was love. Kit comes up to Paige and Phoebe again, and the warlock blinks in and then blinks out again. They then realize that the warlock was after Kit, so they finally got over themselves, and not everything is about you. After reading the Book of Shadows entry on familiars, they realize that Kit had been their familiar. So in the Book of Shadows, the entry reads, Familiars are enchanted creatures who follow and guide new witches to protect them while they learn the craft. While they are often cats, other animals like dogs, rabbits, horses, and snakes can be familiars as well. Familiars are naturally attuned to the seasons and phases of the moon and can be helpful in teaching the young witch a heightened awareness of her environment. So, Sean, have you seen Kit do any of the above? Nope. Yeah, and let's be clear, the... 
familiar from Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, or the familiar from Adventures of Sabrina, ten times better. Like, (laughs) they literally protected their charge. Like, I don't know exactly what Kit did. And then all of a sudden took off. (laughs) It was like, you guys are good. I just thought that was hilarious. Um, Did you happen to catch Paige saying that she has seen the cat before at her loft? So that means Kit even knew about Paige. Is that a familiar thing or like, what do you think about that revelation? Oh, that is interesting. I didn't catch that, but I think that's, that's cool that like, the cat would have known and the cat was bonded to the Hollowells. So the marriage counselor actually claims that Leo is codependent on Piper <laughs> and she gives this smirk, which is so priceless and, and just moves just enough. So Leo doesn't catch her. What do you think about him being codependent? It's kind of true, but only because he is also their watcher. So I think he has to be codependent since he's there to protect them. Yeah, I would agree with that. I have a history lesson for you, Rob. Oh, history. Okay, go ahead. What are we learning today? So I looked into the history of like, how did familiars, how did the idea of a familiar start out? And I found this really interesting. It goes back to, there was a historian named Emma Wilby who noticed in a lot of folk tales and fairy tales that she kept seeing like the same familiar animal spirits over and over. So it talks about here in particular, like Rumpelstiltskin, Puss in Boots, the Frog Prince. The protagonist is always approached by a supernatural being when they are in need of a, like a help. So she connected that the familiar in these like folk tales. These folktales are also where witches came from. So she connected that she believes that familiars are a bigger thing in tales because um, because it's something that people have seen in real life. If that makes any sense, I think I explained that really bad. No, no, no. I I, I got what you were saying. Uh, that, that's that's very interesting. I, it's it's funny that its origin is from the folk tales as opposed to like witch trials or anything like that. Like, you know, these women back in the 1600s didn't have like pet snakes in their house and then it just went from there, but I I wouldn't have drawn it all the way back to to folk tales versus, you know, actual, you know, witch trials and whatnot. So, that's that's cool. Yeah, and there's one point. Um, I found this really interesting because from my own experience for years, I would sometimes out of the corner of my eye or like I'd notice a cat and I'd be like, whoa, where does that cat come from? And there'd be nothing there. And then a few years of this happening, uh, my boyfriend at the time came over and he just casually said, do you know you have a spirit of a cat following you? It's <laughs> like, it's not just me. <laughs> So yeah, I be- I definitely believe in the whole idea of like a spirit animal. So I could see how that would transition over to the idea of like a physical animal to actual show in like stories and movies. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, back at the marriage counselor, Leo upset about Piper not thinking he's good enough and thinking he has codependency issues. The marriage counselor asks for a memory that they're that they've overcome as a couple. They are flashed back into the memory of Piper and Leo's first kiss. 
they are flashed into another memory of Piper outside P3 waiting for Leo to be returned to her. They are then, again, flashed into another memory of Prue as a dog. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we can't mm-hmm. pay the bitch, so just bring in the dog footage. <laughs> <laughs> so Prue chasing Kit just around the time Piper has developed her new exploding power. They are also flashed into another memory of Leo saving Phoebe and Piper from the night when Paige's past life trapped them. They are then flashed into the memory of Phoebe accidentally walking into the bathroom while Piper and Leo were taking a shower and kissing, which turns out was future Phoebe. They then get flashed into a memory of when Piper was possessed by Tara and was table dancing at P3. They are then flashed into the memory of Leo's proposal to Piper. Kit starts yelling upstairs, so Paige orbs to find the warlock has just stabbed Kit. Kit's corpse morphs into that of Katrina. In the present, Katrina disappears. Then they decide if we go back to the past and put the guitar there, then when (laughs) Danomalos tries to (laughs) defeat us, then we'll already have set this up, dude. (laughs) <laughs> I know, this is so Bill and Ted vibes right now. So, I mean, we clearly are just, it's shoved right in our faces. Kit and Katrina, if you didn't get the name, are the same person. Sean, what did you think about, like, this, how it was all executed? I thought it was cool that we finally got closure on Kit and what Kit was doing there. Um, I think you kind of like hit the tip of the iceberg, though. Like it would have seemed more, I guess, dramatic or more of a closure if Kit actually like did anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But cool moment. Just not very heavy, I guess. Uh, I did find it very clever to include a memory that actually incorporated present Phoebe into it while having the exact same memory, you know, take place. So I don't know if you remember that exact scene, but everything that she said in the bathroom and how it happened was literally how it happened in, in, I think in the, in the past. So every word, her bumping into the wall, all of that went exactly the same. So I thought that was really cool that they did that. Oh, that is cool. When Paige didn't want to orb upstairs and she wanted to hear how Piper would answer Phoebe says oh you know the answer for God's sakes Sean do you remember the answer she gave him no (laughs) yeah she said no oh (laughs) she yeah she completely (laughs) turned down the proposal she didn't want to get married in a bathroom (laughs) she was like no we're not getting married um she didn't like the idea so I just thought that was funny Uh, But I do enjoy the effect of Katrina disappearing, just the way that she positions her hand and how it flows all the way through her body, then, you know, evaporating sort of in a smoke like I just like that effect. I thought they did pretty good on that. Yeah, it was cool. It's very back to the future. Leo develops a sudden headache and he's feeling the pain of hundreds of witches who weren't able to protect themselves because of not being able to be helped by Kit in the future. Piper freezes the marriage counselor and strangely hears Phoebe calling to her from the past. Phoebe wants Piper to go back to when Leo proposed to her so that they can change the past. This time, Paige and Phoebe are ready for the warlock. 
They get to the attic before the warlock gets Kit, and Paige throws the potion, making him unable to blink. Phoebe stabs him, vanquishing him. So, did you notice through the episode that they managed to, that Piper and Leo managed to sit closer and closer with each memory scene, um, with them eventually holding hands closer to the end of the episode? I thought that was cool. I didn't notice, but I'm going to look out for it now, because I had the episode playing as usual. Yeah, yeah. With every memory, whether it was good or bad, they they always managed to kind of sit closer. So I thought that was cool. Uh, So, Sean, what do you think about this tie with Piper's spell um, visually putting memories up, but yet it's considered going back in time? Therefore, anything in her memory that gets changed changes literal future. Do you call shenanigans? Does that make sense? Is it because the charmed ones and magic is involved that a memory can also be the same as time travel? You just hurt my head, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm trying to think that through. You have a good point because they are going through memories. So I guess, yeah, because they're charmed ones and they're so powerful that they don't realize just how much power they have. But yeah, that is that is a brain twister to try to think about. Yeah, which we're not going to solve on this show. I do apologize. If any of you have answers, please let us know. I'd love to know. But it was something that just popped in my head is I thought they were dealing with memories and not literally going back into the past. So Katrina has reappeared and reveals that she had been Kit. And then she left because her work with the Charmed Ones had been complete. Leo says that the elders had made her human to guide other familiars, a reward granted to only a few special familiars. He also reveals that the pain he'd felt had been those of the witches who'd lost the familiars Katrina had been training when she'd been killed by the warlock. Katrina requests that they call her when Wyatt comes into his powers, wherever the hell he is right now. (laughs) with piper agreeing piper and leo vowed to spend more time together at the end of the episode however it is revealed that the wedding cake topper is still missing dumb 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 i didn't think it was dumb i thought it was cool not dumb. I was doing the <laughs> terror music. Oh, I was about to say, I didn't say that. No, okay, so what did you think about this sort of, like, suspenseful, like, ending? Like, what do you think about the cake topper missing? I freaking love that idea. Because, like, we have no idea at this point, like, did it change something? What did it change? How's that going to affect, you know, the rest of the show? Or I'm excited by that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really cool scene, too. Given that this whole episode seemed like a couple of days had went by, given how much they were going so much in the past and the present, I'm sure that this was a couple of hours, maybe why it was just sleeping upstairs and was unaware of anything that happened throughout the <laughs> the whole episode. But yeah, I am very curious as to <laughs> where why it was this whole time. <laughs> You're welcome. They point out that, um, you know, Katrina being Kit this whole time. So Piper takes advantage of this situation now that Katrina and Kit can talk. What was up with the bedpost scratching? Now, if Harley had turned human, what question would you have asked her? 
that you can finally get an answer to. I would ask her, why the hell do you lick plastic bags? (laughs) It's the most annoying thing. (laughs) I can't stand it. Um, I read once that cats may do it because they're hungry and there's like nutrients in plastic bags. I don't know if that's true or not. But having to hear a cat tongue on a plastic bag is excruciating and I hate it. (laughs) That's funny. Well, I don't have any cats, so I'm sorry I can't answer that question. But I was curious if Sean had ever had like a thought. And it turns out he's been thinking about this, keeping him up at night. (laughs) Yeah, you struck a chord. Yeah, because she does sometimes like two in the morning start licking a goddamn bag. (laughs) (laughs) all right so that concludes our episode seven or episode 18 uh cat house sean what did you think of today's episode i thought this one was fun um i would definitely say it was worth the wait because we got more story we got more you know information on what kit was doing this whole time i think like even more so than the rest of the episode since it was kind of just like we said a clip show but the fact that the wedding topper is how it ended, like that made the whole episode worth it for me. Very good. Uh, I enjoyed this episode too. It's not particularly one of my favorites of the season. However, you know, Zachary's in it. So yay. I, I just love looking at him. I, I was happy to see him in this episode during this rewatch. Unfortunately, you know, it sucks that he wasn't a bigger foe. You know, he was just kind of this... He played sort of the zombie in a zombie movie where they don't necessarily have too much of the story. It's just used to drive the story so we can get to the real deal of what's going on. Uh, I do wish that he was more sort of 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 a danger to the charm ones. But either way, I, I still like that he was in this episode. It looked like he, you know, kind of went for it. I don't think he was lazy through his lines or his parts or anything. What do you think? Yeah, he seemed like he was dedicated. Like, he seemed like he knew that he wanted to be an actor and he knew he had to, like, really show his chops in order to get to where he eventually got to. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have to put him and the other cat familiar against each other in our next demon battle (laughs) that we do. Okay. All right, so a couple of notes before we move on. So the UK title in this episode is called Flashbacks, uh, fitting. Mm -hmm. Although Prue's appearance are from archive footage of earlier episodes and only her back was shown, this was the only episode to feature all four sisters. Wow. That's kind of cool when it's kind of cool when you think about it. You know, they happen to all be there at the same time. Um Although Prue's back is shown in the wedding flashback, this is not Shannon Doherty. It's a stunt woman. Filmed the original scene and the flashback was able to be used in this episode. Because it did not violate Shannon's contract over using her likeness. So there you go. Wow, interesting. So the house that Katrina was living in is also um, in the... In, in this episode was also used in the Beverly Hills 90210 TV series as well. Hmm. Uh, the warlock in this episode is portrayed by Zachary Quinto or Quinto, best known for his role on Heroes as the main villain Siler. 
In the show, Siler kills other evolved humans in order to obtain their powers, which is very similar to how the warlock in Charmed killed witches to steal their active powers. So he was doing the same thing from Jump. Clearly, he was perfect to play Siler. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the title of the episode uh, comes from the Russian fairy tale Kashkin Dom, which is Cat House. Now it is time for Hot Man Mita. All right, Sean, so this is going to be an easy hot man meter. Uh, basically, it's just two people, our villain of the week and our marriage counselor. We'll start with the marriage counselor. Uh, do you happen to put him in your hot man meter? Um. Well, as we saw, my marriage wasn't so great. So, no, I don't want a counselor. <laughs> uh, I recognize him from other TV shows and and other episodes and so he doesn't he does have a familiar face uh, unfortunately he does not make my hot man meter also but he is a handsome guy I like to say all right Sean our familiar hunter does Zachary Quinto do it for you back then did the emo hail work um I like him better as he got older and like I feel like he grew into his features and he has the scruff and the shorter hair but Rob even with the emo hair, he's going to number one. What? Oh, my God. The hottest guy. Wow. I have had so, such a crush on him since he was Siler. <laughs> All right. So that means that Eric Winter, a.k.a. Trevor, is off your hot man meter, which puts... Seamus Fitzpatrick, our leprechaun from last week, as your number 10. Oh, no, I have to save me Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Zachary is also going on this list. I'm sorry, he was sexy as shit in this. I, I don't care what anybody says. He is sexier now, but he was sexy back then. Uh, he is going right above Daryl. So he is going to be my number five. And that means Miles Ken Marino is off my hot man meter. Good. But still a potential adorable, so he could still pop up. Good. But now um, Dex, Eric King, is my number 10. Good. <laughs> All right, Sean. Who is MVP this week? Um, I'm going to give it to... My Zachary, even though he didn't do much, I just like looking at him. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I am giving it to Phoebe this episode. I think that she really drove a lot of the flashbacks and made them fun, humorous. Also, uh, she kind of kept the mystery going a little bit, but I think with her narrating throughout, made the episode good and um, helped Paige sort of fill in the blanks on who they were before her time with her sisters so it goes to phoebe charmies i have some numbers for you especially for those who entered into the lottery let's go through where we all stand so last week we did uh four other battles let's go through them one by one all right first is furies versus the demonic children from the ice cream man episode. Sean, who 
was it that you had in this battle? Rob, I chose the ice cream children. (laughs) Very good. And with 66.6667%, very fitting. Uh, It turns out that Furies happen to beat the Demonic Children. So they will be moving on to the next round. Yay, Furies! All right, then we have Grimlocks and Gamel. I actually chose to put Grimlocks on my team, and Sean had Gamel. And with 74%, it goes to the Grimlocks. Another win for me. Wow, I'm surprised. I really thought people would like it because it's Robert England. Yeah, you know, I honestly thought I was going to lose this round. But as far as the votes went, uh, it turns out that Grimlocks sort of wiped the floor clean uh, on rub both it in, Twitter asshole. and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next we have Lucas, our sinful demon, and the demon of illusion sean who did you pick out of these two i chose lucas because i love the seven deadly sins and of course i love movies so demon of illusion definitely was on my list and this was the closest battle out of these four with 59 percent it went to demon of illusion so that's another win for me fake news (laughs) All right, last we have the Seekers versus Lazarus Demon. So in this pairing, I actually chose the Seekers because I found them to be scary and deadly as hell. And Sean chose Coolio. So (laughs) with 69% of the votes, Lazarus Demon won. Oh, thank God. I got one of them. One for Sean. All right. So yeah, with this one, Sean, you just, you killed it. Like, Lazarus Demon definitely won both Twitter and Instagram. There you have it. I know that some of the people in the lottery actually picked one or two people from this list. So we're going to get a huge shift in uh, this particular scoring. And then we have four more head-to-heads coming in right now. And those villains are Bakara from Season 5, Episode 8... Versus Vinceres from Season 3, Episode 6. Two villains that can kill you just with their jawline alone. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) These handsome-ass demons. But yes, very trickery. And just from the look of them, they look pretty harmless. But deep down under that, they are deadly as hell. So make sure to vote for which handsome villain makes it to the next round next we have Ames and the spirit killer so these are two uh warlocks who happen to look good in black and also very very deadly Ames is from season three episode 11 and spirit killer is from season two episode 16 which one will make it next we have the villains of the sea It's Necron versus the Sea Hag, both from the premiere episode of season five. I am very, very curious with this pairing and who's going to win. I have no idea as they're both the closest to each other um, than any other head battle. So it really just comes down to who you think is more powerful, better looking, more villainy. Who knows? You let us know. And then lastly, we have Tuatha and Orin. So Tuatha is from Season 2, Episode 6, with Oren, Season 5, Episode 6. 
I gotta say that these two are pretty much one of the most powerful villains in the series as far as this villain battle goes. They are so powerful, the charm ones can't even beat them by themselves. They needed somebody else to come in and help. That's how serious it was. All right, Sean, so that is going to do it for our villain battle of this week. Hopefully you get more wins because you definitely need to catch up in this next set. <laughs> and I just checked my list. One of my fr- my uh, top six is already gone, Rob. Ooh, ooh. Well, again, those who are playing in the lottery, you got to get those votes in. Make sure to get all of your people to vote for your favorite villain, and we'll see after this round who makes it to round two next week on charmed nymphs just want to have fun i'm guessing there's going to be nymphs in the episode and there's going to be a spell put on the sisters to where or we'll say Paige, a spell put on Paige to where she just wants to run around and be silly (laughs) that's a very good theory and we have another episode coming up next Sunday, so we'll find out if Sean was correct. Thanks, everyone, for joining our show this week. As always, we really appreciate you uh, listening to our podcast. If any of you love, love, love the show and have not left us a review yet, definitely leave one on any podcast app that you're listening Um, especially with Apple Podcasts. We are just two reviews away from making 50 ratings. I'm hoping we can accomplish this before the season ends. So our goal is to have 50 uh, reviews by the end of the season. And um, again, thank you for joining us and we'll be back next Sunday. Sean, say goodbye to the folks. Bye to the folks. As Leo and Pipe Pipe <laughs> On the WB's Big Sunday, good witches make naughty nymphs. Yeah, you know, frolicking little tree sprites. I'm not sure we should be doing this. I might have to give him a little something something. How did this happen? Can we go back to the whole, like, eh, part? All new Charmed. 